I always think that pictures, rather than you finding them, they find you. What is photography other than collecting? Welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 181 for the middle of April. 2000, April. 2023. Yeah, April already. Uh, and and I was told by the weather that it's going to be 80 degrees on by Wednesday, uh, Thursday. Wow, that is something that's pretty warm for that, for this time of year. This for... is April. All the magnolias are going to... Magnolia trees tend to not like the sun too much, and so they wow. crisp up and turn into nasty little things, and then clean it. I love magnolia trees, but I don't oh, like when they be thankful you have them because I, I don't. <laughs> yes, I am thankful. I am thankful, but uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those weird weather. And, and Thursday is a day I got a class. I have two classes at a library. Actually, that will be nice because it'll be inside. But uh, yeah, classes on a hot day. So we'll mm. see. Well, one's a mobile photography class. I would call it smartphones. Call it maybe it's smartphones, but mobile. And then I say every photography is mobile for the most part, and then street street photography. So, and so. and actually, one of the classes is sold out, and you know, and sold that's out. That's good. It's filled. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's like a lot of people showing up. Well, that's good. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Yeah, we I, all our snow disappeared over the weekend, pretty much. Yeah, and. Wow. Uh, it's getting dry now. They're worried about forest fires. You know, spring is the worst. And th th this written up on the internet in our part of the country, you have, you know, you have summer, fall, winter, and then you have this horrible thing that you could call spring, but I think you would call it hell. You go from <laughs> really cold to warm to fire season to really pouring oh. down rain. To, it's crazy. It's not right. Why, why is it? Something special uh, about your area? Yeah, our altitude, our proximity to the Rockies, oh. and the jet stream coming either along okay. the Rockies or over the Rockies. All right. Well, that's all stuff. It's very chaotic. chaotic. It's all yeah. chaotic. Yeah, and actually right now, I told you uh, we were offline. Uh, there's a, f unfortunately, there's a fire a few blocks away, a couple blocks away, and all the smoke is coming into my house. And so when you said forest fires, it kind of smells like a forest fire in here. Wow. A little bit with a little bit of mix of that nasty fire smell. I hope everybody's okay. Oh, oh that humid burning wood smell. Yeah. No, that plasticky fire. smell. You know? Oh, you got the that, acrid plastic. The acrid stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's, it's not nice. But anyway, it's well, with a, hopefully nobody is hurt or anything like that. I really don't like fires. I've been in fires when I was a kid, so I have a sort of a extra sense of that smell of fire. And mm. anyway, whatever. <laughs> so, how have you been? I've been good. It seems like it's longer than two weeks. I know. It I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't know either. All right. No idea. It's been a long two weeks, and I don't even know what's going on. So we'll see. But there's a lot of stuff that's going on, photography-wise, that we wanted to talk about, right? Absolutely. What are we going to talk about this well, week? Well, first, I wanted to thank you for uh, um, turning me on to the Richard Avedon biography that I'm listening to on Audible. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I I just love here. I didn't know anything about his life. And so mm. 
Um, I'm listening to it every morning uh, around breakfast time. Or actually, today I listened to it while I was walking around the streets doing my walking exercise. Mm-hmm. And um, just to, uh, you know, it's a full biography of his life so far. At least I'm in the yep. 70s right now, uh, the 19 like 74. And uh, what's really interesting about it is that it's history around the time that I've been alive. <laughs> and in your neighborhood too. In my right? neighborhoods and in, in areas that I know like about. Like his studio wasn't too far from where you grew up in Manhattan, was well, it Well, no, his studio is on 50, uh, oh, okay, sorry. 50 something street. But you know, when you say not too far, that's relative. No, but I mean, there was something along further, further south. There was some place that. Well, I anyway, haven't gotten to the place. We haven't got the, that far his yet. His first studio is on, uh, right next to this restaurant called Smith and Walensky's, which is still there. And I'm at the point in the book where he has to, to move from his studio that's next door to it because they're going to start construction, I guess, on the office tower that's there now. Right. And uh, so I don't know where he moves to for, uh, for a studio. So no spoilers, please. But oh. um, his life, it, you know, uh, having that overlap, you know, in places that uh, I know about and some people that I've met and he talks about, or the book, they talk about the camera repair place, um, uh, run by this guy named Marty Forsher, who was my father also knew and who also fixed my first camera that my dad gave me a crown graphic also had a lot to do with Avedon. And of course, New York was, you know, as a photo world, it was a small, mm-hmm. you know, community in a sense back, back then in the sixties uh, and seventies, even up until the eighties, I'm sure. And, uh, but anyway, it's, it's such a fascinating story. And I ended up, you know, while I'm reading it, ordering a couple of books from Amazon. <laughs> So you have the, all the collected works of Richard Avedon. Uh, well, all the collected works. I don't know. But um, one of the books is, uh, what is this one? I think it's just called, por- I think it's just called Portraits. Right. Yeah, but it's this fold-out book. I mean, it's it's not like typical pages. You fold it out like an accordion. Oh. And, and it's and it's all eight by, the. I think the book is, is roughly about the same size as the film. I'm showing you the picture of the right. beekeeper yeah. now, uh, covered in bees, which I don't know the story about yet. You said it's in the book. It's in, in the, the book. In the, in the, uh, biography. The American West uh, project. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been aware of his work for a very long time, but it's really, it, it's so nice to have a deep dive like this, like a biography. Um, it just adds so much more. And I was thinking about this in terms of, uh, like when you go to a restaurant, like a really fancy restaurant and, and someone tells you about the history of the food that you're about to eat or something. And, and somehow mm. the food just tastes better or the, the experience is so much better. And um, I've had this a couple of times, like when I read the Irving Penn book that I've got from, that I picked up from the uh, exhibition at the Met. And again, reading his story and, and going further into the, the perhaps what goes on into the mind of the creators, you know, and right. then seeing the work, it just somehow brings it I don't know. Makes it more um, lively. I can't come up with words. Yeah. Well, it. I I was thinking too. The um, you get an idea of his mindset while he was doing some of these projects too, or when he was putting together these exhibitions. Um, you know, the, it's just rich. It just becomes a much richer experience of just looking at, you know, looking at the images themselves. Now you've got this kind of backfill of who the man was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to tell students about this, you know, like if students go and they look at pictures, but they don't have the context of who, who made it and whatnot. And, 
and uh, I really want them to get interested. And if you're interested in photography, you know, find a photographer and spend some time with one photographer and mm-hmm. and, and and become something else. And and so uh, anyway, I wanted to thank you for that. I recommend this book. Um, it's just called What Becomes Legend the Most. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but I'm listening to the audio version, and uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I haven't. Um, uh, you know, it's nice to to be able to like have breakfast and listen to the story, and um, especially the woman who's uh, narrating it is very good. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a very compelling story. It's very compelling, and and it's recent history too. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I want to. She's a voice actor, and she's. I think she's from Brooklyn too. Really? So, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I Okay, well, there you go. Everybody's from Brooklyn. Although, uh, Avedon was from the Bronx. So He's from the Bronx, yeah. From the Bronx, yeah. But anyway, his story uh, Born in weird. Texas. Born in Texas from the Bronx, yeah. There you go. It's very strange, but... Uh, it's America. And I'm starting to rack my 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 memories to see if it was ever possible if I ever was in the same place with him. Like, is it possible? Uh, since you did that, you had that close encounter with Alex Webb, anything is possible. Yeah. Is anything, I don't have a distinct memory of him, but like there's some things that, that were mentioned in the book that just sound familiar. So anyway, re- highly recommended. Uh, and we're going to, when I'm finished with this, we'll, we'll do a deep dive on Avedon, um, which I'm looking forward to. I don't want to talk about his, his work and stuff like that. So cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also go see the show at the Met. There's a, uh, exhibition you get of, to do everything cool. Yeah, I haven't gone yet because I'm, I'm going to time it with a friend of mine. And uh, there's a Bernice Abbott exhibit there as well. But there are the Avedon murals, these big, giant um, panoramic. Chicago uh, 7, all of Chicago those. 7, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. And that one thing, I'll, uh, the one spoiler I would say from the beginning of the book is the description of how the prints, those prints were being made by the uh, assistants because they had to enlarge them sideways right instead of from up and down and that they had to use their bodies and paddles you know i'm picturing like the the guys at the on an aircraft carrier trying to wave a plane down (laughs) right to to do uh, dodging and burning and stuff like that so i was thinking god if someone just filmed that that would be such an amazing the uh, performance art visual yeah yeah so anyway uh, anyway highly recommended thank you for telling me about it um and i love uh finding out more about um photographers like this or artists that I'm, I'm really interested in. I think I can become more interested in them actually once I start reading about them or hearing about yeah. them. So yeah, thanks. And in that sort of this, this kind of will lead into, Oh, oh the other thing I just wanted to mention uh, from our last episode uh, and I'm, I'm sure everybody knows about this already, but maybe those who don't um, it does sound like um, DP review is going to be archived. And oh, it's not okay, just good. third party. This was we shut down today. We're recording this on April 10th. Oh, this is today. Today today's was the last day. The, today's oh. the last day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there are, there were about a week ago or so there were third party people pulling, you know, um, scraping the site to archive mm. it. And then there was a article in Petapixel a couple, a few days ago. Uh, yeah. On April 7th saying that, it will be archived after all, like an official archive. I don't know what that means, okay. but it does sound like at least uh, in one way or the other, the site will be accessible so that all that great um, archiving stuff, uh, cool. all that information will be archived for, for, the, for all of us, which is great. You know, It's like the Library of Alexandria getting burned down and all that stuff right. going into pot. So 
Anyway, I wanted to, another last thing before we get to our main topic, which might lead into it. I had one more, I have, you know, this, this AI stuff is, is, is coming to a head and I swear this won't mm. be too long. No, it's all right. But, uh, there's been some discussions on some of the groups I'm in on Facebook and on Twitter about AI and it being post photography and blah, blah, blah. And, and what all this sort of discussion has got me thinking about, uh, and as much as I'm really interested in AI and just the technical sense and kind of how it's cool and, you know, plugging in information and getting pictures generated and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, I geek out on that as well. I think it's cool, but then, you know, go into the, um, you know, the morality of it and the philosophical things, all that other stuff. And I just started to think about for me, um, there's something missing with these images. Right. And I look at them and they're fun. They're compelling. People make the weirdest mm -hmm. combinations of things. I mean, mm -hmm. Like things I couldn't even imagine even my dreams or nightmares would have. It's just, and that kind of stuff is like, you know, watching a train wreck. Or something. It's yeah. like people, you know, oh, there was one, uh, uh, a lava eating contest, um, <laughs> which, which showed photorealistic people like sitting there at tables, like eating lava and their faces <sighs> melting. And it was, it was horrendously crazy and horrible at the same time. And I couldn't stop looking at them. Anyway, all this discussion has got me thinking about the fact that, um, and actually, you know, reading about Avedon or listening to the story about Avedon is that mm -hmm. this is what AI imagery is going to lack. Um, it's going to lack this storytelling aspect, you mm -hmm. know, uh, first of all, you know, the, 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 the soulness of it, I'm, and I'm, that's not my words. People have said it's soulless, and I've seen that coming up a lot. Um, understanding that uh, a machine is making this and, and there's nothing behind it other than the person who's prompting it. Right. And that, for me, like as I start to look at the images and I realize, yes, they're very shallow. There's nothing, there's nothing at stake. They there's seem very closed. Very closed. There's been no risk taken right. making these images one way or the other. Uh, and someone could say, well, you know, you know, what about digital illustration? Yeah, but digital illustration, there's, you know, there's someone sitting in a computer with a Wacom tablet or software and they're, they're, they're spending energy. They're spending their body energy or life energy creating an image. Photography is the same thing, you know, the photographers, so whatever kind of art form it is for the most part, uh, all I can think of is that there's a human being, there's energy and risk because the risk is, could be physical. The risk could be you know, putting pictures out there in the world and taking the hits from people who don't like it, you know, whatever that is, mm -hmm. but risk is there. There's none of that in AI imagery. There's no risk. And to me, hmm. like once I realized that, then the, 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 I could see the images were just the shallow, nothing like looking at, uh, not even looking at icons, you know, because I figure even icons, someone spent time designing them, but there's, mm -hmm. there's, I can't describe what it is. It's like a, uh, there's a loss there. And so it, it just came to this realization. I mean, maybe it's been brewing for a while. And like I said, I, I make them myself sometimes. I fire up, you know, mid journey and I'll, you know, they said dune, you know, whatever, uh, you know, uh, yeah. spaceships and doing stuff like that. But like, you know, I spaceships in the, in the, uh, in the style of Chris Foss, if anybody right. knows science fiction, Chris Foss's images are unbelievable. And even when I do those and I'm realizing it, yeah, it's a mimicry and stuff like that, but there's just nothing to it. And like I knew Chris Foss, 
spent all this time painting these giant spaceships, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that I just, I wanted to sort of put that out there. This is not going away, but I realized for me, there is just that lack of um, risk and, and no storytelling from it. Yeah. You know, who's gonna I'm sit there sort and of a glad to hear you say this because I'm kind of taking myself out of the debate or following the debate because there's a lot of strident um, complaining about it and I get it. And there will be, there'll definitely be AI will affect different aspects of creativity and so on. But I'm just kind of tired of the pitch of things right now. Uh, I'm more happy to sit back and see what other innovations are coming through on the, on, on the photographic side. There's some other, maybe more scary things going on on the chat GPT uh, mm. front and that sort of thing. But in terms of the photography part, you know, my Instagram streaming, you can tell right away if it's an AI generated image because it has that closed or my expression is the world outside the frame. There's no world outside the frame in those images, mm. which is maybe mm. what you're kind of what you're saying mm -hmm. yeah. uh, or related to it. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm backing out a little bit. Yeah. I'm also starting. Well, good. I, I think maybe after saying this, I might I might sort of back out a little bit and watch what's going on. I mean, you know, I'm also curious about the uh, the commercial uh, effect that it's going to have. Um, that's going to be very interesting to watch because mm -hmm. people are saying, "Yeah, this has happened before," but blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Yeah, not exactly." I mean, similar in, in some respect, but this is this has a potential for sea change and i'm going to be very interested in that mm -hmm. seeing what happens i'm not very happy about what the outcome might be but um i'm i'm really i'm like there's i have this curiosity again like what the heck's going to happen where is this going to go last week not this past saturday but the saturday before uh, there was a three-day show called the APAD show in New York City. APAD uh, stands for the Association of International Photography Art Dealers. And it's been canceled or um, actually, I don't know if it was canceled in 2022, but during the pandemic, it, was no, it wasn't around for a couple of years. And I think the last time I went to this show, I can't remember, it was like, a few years even before that. So it's been a while since I've been to this show. And what it is, is a gathering of art galleries and, and individual photographers who uh, represent themselves. And it's like a gallery of galleries. Mm. So you go oh, into this cool. space and, you know, there's booths set up for different photo galleries and they show the wares that they have and who they're representing and they put the pictures up on the wall, and it's literally like a photo museum with a bunch of galleries showing their stuff. And it was sort of a last-minute thing. Someone posted on Facebook, you go see the show, and I forgot, I had forgotten. I was like, oh, yeah. And I instantly got a ticket for it, and I went Saturday uh, to it. And the um, uh, I was only there for a day, and it ran for three days. I would have liked to go on for another day if I could, but it was just, it was a bit much. It's some, it's actually, when you walk into this, there's, it's almost uh, overwhelming. Yeah. It's overstimulated. Know. Yeah. So these are not just like current stuff. This is like historic work. And it's a mix too. of everything. It's, it's a mix of current photographers, photography work, archival, historical, you name it. 
it's it, and it's you know one booth might have a mixture of you know uh, contemporary photography and and you know archival work at the same time, mm-hmm. and and some of the same pictures are in different booths too. Some people because a lot of what we're seeing here in this show is not a display of imagery, as if the they're also collect you know they're they're the objects the pick the prints. Mm. That's what they're there for, the prints, right. the, the actual objects themselves. And, you know, having spent so much time, even though you when you were in town, we went to the Met and we saw the, the um, Becker show mm-hmm. there and we saw the physical prints there. And mm-hmm. it's just more time than not, we're not, I'm not seeing prints, you know, maybe in a book or two. But when you go and actually see prints hanging on a wall, it's a whole different experience. To do mm-hmm. this. So it was, I, I walked through that whole show and I had a smile on my face <laughs> the whole time. People must have thought I was an idiot or something. <laughs> like some sort of, because I, I just could not help myself to see, it just made me so happy to see all this photography in a way that I think it's meant to be seen and it's meant mm-hmm. to be experienced. And, and it was tangible. It was in front of me. You know, I could look at it. I could talk to somebody about it. I mean, I didn't really talk to many people about it. It was just more absorbing the pictures there, but you could see people standing around in front of these pictures, talking about them and pointing to things. And there were the prints that were wrapped up, uh, you know, matted prints in the little, um, display cases that you could fold through. And, uh, mm. uh you know, I, I held a $15,000 print by at J I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but excuse me, but, uh, close enough. Yeah. And there was a, there was a Dorothea Lang print, the uh, migrant mother on the wall, uh, uh for $200,000, you know? And so actually a lot of the prints were for sale so you could buy things. Um, not everything was that pricey, but there was a lot of pricey stuff and, and, you know, photographers go there to try to get representation. I don't think people are showing portfolios and stuff like that, but anyway, uh, so, uh, during, during the, uh, uh, show there was a I walked into a um, uh, a talk a lecture from uh, two people I'm gonna get their names right uh, so I wrote them down here here it is uh, John Bennett uh, who was a collector uh, editor and curator and W M Hunt who was also a collector curator and consultant and they had a talk what was it the joy of collecting a conversation between W M Hunt and John Bennett and. The whole talk was in about an hour, and they were both are photography collectors. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we haven't talked about that. We haven't really talked about the collecting of photography right now. No, we haven't. You know? And like I said, I was at the show, and I was very tempted actually by a couple of prints. There was some stuff in my price range. <laughs> and I was like, ah. And, you know, these are the kind of things I regret because, like, you know, you buy a print now, and, you know, in however many years, you know, I'm not, you don't buy it because, because you're going to, you know, maybe I don't wouldn't buy something as an investment. It might have that as a secondary thing. You know, you buy something for $800 mm-hmm. now and, you know, two years from now it's $1,600. But you don't buy the print because you want to invest in it, or at least I wouldn't. I buy no. it because it's a beautiful thing that I want to own. Right. So anyway, I wanted to talk to you about that. And, you know, and the reason why I said I segued with uh, AI, and this will be my last thing about that, because, I, I, you know, I didn't see any AI stuff in this show, uh, which uh, makes sense. Right. I don't know if we'll see that in the future, but then again, I'm sure gallerists thinking, won't want to have touched them. It makes me at- curious about that. Yeah. I mean, like it, again, you know, this talk that I was, you know, the, um, the joy of collecting, uh, talk between these two guys 
was very interesting because they were talking, this leads back to my point before about AI, that they were telling stories about the photographer they met, this picture, the background of this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, all that stuff just doesn't exist with this new stuff. But anyway, nope. uh, and so like, why would I want to collect a picture of that's anyway. So that being said, I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. So you, and I don't know if we should say this, you recorded the session and I, you, you shared with yeah, me. Yeah. I did it. I did it to share just with as, you. Just yeah. so that, so you could hear it. You so know, we had, you know, uh, we could speak about it. Uh, I deleted it since. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so their perspective was very interesting uh, because you and I don't just collect photo books. We also have a few prints that have some meaning for us. Um, and, and for, 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 I think for both of us is the Magnum editions. They start a few years ago, they started offering like little six by six limited edition prints of some of their more famous work from the famous photographers. They call it the square print sale square print sale and there's also the magnum editions whatever eight by ten images i have one of those a lot of what they were saying i wasn't even aware of of the i have some of the same thoughts they do which i thought that like was what? For, for kind instance. of interesting well that the um that they keep their pictures in the original wrapping or the original <laughs> mailer i do well, that one guy like, does yeah tell me about that what's what's that about because what one of the things he said uh, I think it was Mr. Bennett said, uh, what did he say? I can't remember exactly what he said, but, uh, like once he, once he owned them, he didn't want to look at them again. Like once he, it, it wasn't like he hated them. He just like, it was the act of owning was enough. And then. Yeah. So I, I, but anyway, go on for you. I'd like to hear. With you. the Magnum prints, I'll just talk about the Magnum prints. Cause they're the ones that has sort of have a marketable value, whatever that means. They're still in their original mailers. I like, you know, and you and I talk about the history of photography a lot. And I like to think that I'm sort of touching history by having Magnum prints have been stamped by the estates of the photographers. Right. Um, so there's a historical component to them. And so I don't want to damage them by putting them up in sunlight or whatever. That's secondary. Really. It's about uh, committing the, if for me, and I think that's what Bennett said too, was you have a memory of the image that you, when you see in a magazine or online or whatever, mm -hmm. you have the real thing. I had the experience of opening it up when it arrived in that mailer and looking at it, laying eyes on it for the first time, taking in every detail. Now I have a picture of Marilyn Monroe. That's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so it's a, it's an Eve Arnold picture taken from a movie set, her last of her last movie. Oh, I, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, just so, today, actually. yeah, and it, it's, it has an interesting meaning in terms of cinema history, in terms of American history, American photographic history, all of that, and mm -hmm. Hollywood, it's a convergence of all of those things. So I'm, I pour over all the details of this, uh, of these, of this image, let's say the Maryland picture, then I put it back and then my memory is great about that image and I can think of it whenever I want because I own it I have it it's blessed by Magnum I feel good about the purchase mm -hmm. it's like it's it's mine 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 and then if I find my memory kind of failing about oh I, you know maybe I should look at it again you look at it again it's like 90 seconds or two minutes of just 
pouring over it again, this thing that you own, and you put it away. And it's the same thing. And it's it's a different experience of, it's not like walking through a gallery. It's not like uh, looking at your own work with a critical eye. It's just you're participating in this pool of, oh, and another thing too about your own work, you're, you, you take, you, you're looking at it always from a critical point of view. And there's some images that are more successful than others, but people really mm -hmm. seem to like them and all that kind of stuff. And it's very complicated with these. It's a very pure experience of photography. You have the object, you have this kind of, um, a joyful experience of viewing it directly. Um, to, and in my mind, in my head anyways, to refresh the memory of the image of this thing that you own. Um, and so that, I thought that was interesting. I wasn't even really aware of it, but when, when Bennett was talking about it, I was like, I do that too. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that, uh, Hunt said was some, uh, young kid had asked him to talk, why do you have to own them? Mm. And, and he said that that was a very good question. And he came back to the kid, he goes, because then they are mine. <laughs> and he said it kind of like that. And I, it made me laugh, made everybody laugh, but I was thinking about that. And, and Bennett at the early part of the discussion was talking about, we always collected pictures. We used to rip them out of magazines. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing that myself, you know, whether it was, you know, time magazine or popular photography magazine or whatever magazines, mm -hmm. by the way, the kids, there were these things called magazines <laughs> that you would yeah. get subscriptions to and you would have them delivered to the mail. It always yeah. bummed me out when, uh, the mail, um, a uh, postal worker would, would shove the magazine into the, uh, Oh, into the I always went to the news agent. Up. I always went to the newsstand to get them. Yeah. Well, Christine, anyway. I always pick second or third from the front. There was a magazine, uh, called photo district news. That was an incredibly good magazine. PDN. And it, yeah. It, yeah. And initially it came in a very large size, like an oversized mm. size. It wouldn't fit into mailboxes. So they like Shutterbug used to, there was a huge. Monster. Yeah. But it was a glossier. It was nicer was, quality. Yeah, but I, yeah, I remember when, when Bennett was talking about that, I was like, yeah, I, would collect pictures by ripping them out of the magazines or, you know, actually I would use an exacto knife cause I would like them sliced and I would put them in mm -hmm. files and store them in my file cabinet. And in a, in a way that's kind of similar to what you're talking about, even though I don't own the picture, you know, not like a print from Magnum or right. a photographer, but I do have access to it. I own it. I, I've taken it from the magazine and, I've, I've looked at it and I kept it and I stuck it in a file someplace and I've never looked at it since. In fact, I probably threw them out and a lot of my, like, but that's the same way if that's a, that's a similar collecting. Yeah. And then it made me think about what I'm doing now is I, I probably mentioned this a few shows ago and you know about this, but I, I, when I see pictures online, I collect them, mm -hmm. you know, and I will download them off of, you know, uh, Facebook or wherever I'm looking at pictures, you know, uh, uh, using the browser and click and save the, save the picture. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to do that, but who cares? It's for my own personal thing. And I, I've got libraries full of pictures, which again, I, I, it's, it's a collecting of images. And, and what mm -hmm. was interesting about the talk was like, why are we collecting these pictures? Because they mean something to us. There's something about, uh, what we collect that tells, um, tells us about ourselves a little bit. Right. Maybe tell someone else about ourselves, like why we collect stuff. If you looked at the collections I have, oh, what, is, what does he collect? Well, images of Star Trek, Star Wars, retro pictures, you know, old 
ephemera kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but whatever. Old Hollywood. All the Hollywood. Hollywood. In fact, if I, I, if the Eve Arnold picture that you were just talking about, I believe I saw it today on Facebook. It was colorized. It was actually a nice colorization. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that picture of. Oh no, she before. shot color that. No, but this a, one was a, this one was a black and white picture. Oh, okay. This, that was colorized because it said colorized by so-and-so restored and colorized okay. by so-and-so. And it was a really nice picture of her. And I was like, okay, you know, download and save it mm-hmm. into my galleries and stuff like that. Um, I too also, I think, I think again, I have to blame you for the, the, um, Magnum, uh, square print stuff like telling me about this. I don't think I started buying them until I started meeting you. And I cruised for a while. And when the D-Day picture came up, I, I, I just, I Well, what, what to... pictures do you have? What you said you had? So I have the D-Day picture, the, what's, what's it called? Uh, let me just the Robert get to Kappa? my notes. It's a Robert, sorry. Yes. A Robert Kappa image. Is it the one? Uh, it was water? called U.S. Troops, Omaha Beach, France, 1944. It's a famous blurry a blurry image. shot of a guy in the water. Uh, yeah, guy yeah, in the okay. water and the mm-hmm. devil's tooth, what a thing behind him, and that kind of, um, yeah, you know, shell shocky thing. I have a color image, uh, Kappa from Kappa called the f- um, freighter crewman, Atlantic Ocean, nineteen forty-one, um, and it's a uh, crewman who's on deck, um, and he's got his arm wrapped around one of the signal lamps with the shutters that you use to communicate ship to yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it has this beautiful Kodachrome, the quality of the brass and the shallow depth of field and his kind of threadbare white sweater that he's wearing. It's just so, it's alive. I imagine it would make a, a beautiful poster mm-hmm. of a wartime thing. Not non-combatant, by the way. He would be, um, you know, one of those... Uh, freighters that would have been escorted by the merchant marine. Um, and so it has a kind of a special meaning. And my uncle was uh, in the Canadian Navy and they escorted ships back and forth between North America and, and, uh, and Europe. Um, and then I have the Magnum edition eight by 10 print of Marilyn Monroe on the set of the misfits. That's also a color image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, made a point of making the Eve Arnold image. Uh, there was another Magnum photographer, uh, uh, Inga, what's her name? Uh, I've forgotten her last name. Anyway, she was Inga Morath. Um, she and then Marilyn Monroe's husband, uh, started their love affair on the set and, uh, of, of the misfits at the same time. So I wanted to make sure I got an Eve Arnold picture and not an Inga Morath picture <laughs> <Okay>. in deference <laughs> to okay. Marilyn. All right. But was this, you know, these things you think about when you're collecting, like I want, well, I want a picture of Marilyn there, but uh, not from the woman who broke up the marriage. I want the one with Eve Arnold who has some a little bit more life in her images. So they have that, they have the sale coming up. What? couple times a year a few times a year yeah um and the prints i i I also when you were talking about it i just pulled them out so that we could i could look at them while i'm talking to you and i realized i also had them in the mailers and my plan was to get them framed i just haven't gotten around to it just not in any sense of what you were talking about like keeping them so that i can look at them it's just wasn't the first thing i've had in my mind but you know um framing these things but i had this idea that i would do it the, I, i've got four uh for the magnum print so it's funny they call them the square print sale but they print you know horizontal or verticals yeah and uh actually two of the pictures 
were pictures I've always wanted to to have, and I've always been attracted to them. And they were the two Eugene Smith pictures. We'll put these pictures up in the show notes, by the way, since they're all available mm-hmm. online. But the picture of the three uh, Spanish civil guards, um, mm. this one wearing the those funny hats. Yeah. Uh, this picture, I've, I'm actually not a big fan of the print. I think this is an over contrasty print. In fact, I almost decided to call them back and, and complain about it. But I, again, I got sort of lost another thing, so I'm just going to keep it. But I remember seeing this picture as a child uh, or something like just some, way back when and mm. being attracted by by the, the framing and stuff like that. So this is um, stamped by Kevin's, Kevin Eugene Smith. Uh, so it's by his son. And the other one of Smith's that I got is the three Welsh miners. It's they're still oh, wrapped yeah. up in the tissue yeah, paper. Yeah, black with the black uh, coal. Yeah, and again, what's interesting about these two pictures, they're both of three people, mm. you know, and it's the way they're framed and all of it. But again, this picture was one of those from – Way back when, and the Elliot Erwitt shot of the uh, two dogs sitting on one dog oh, yeah. on the guy's lap on the stoop. Yeah, and he signed this one. This one I bought. I think I'm probably talked about it on the show, but I, I bought it, and it took him like a year to sign these. Yeah. And these were the last prints that he. <laughs> yeah, signed. but it's Elliot Erwitt. You'd probably get a well because he's a, a zillion year, he's a zillion years yeah. old. And then um, I kept getting notifications from Magnum apologizing they were saying they were having such a hard time getting him to sign these things because he was not well yeah. so this yeah. is the last um batch of stuff that he signed now that everything's gonna have a, a, a photographer stamp on it and uh, bruce davidson um shot the cover shot from his uh, subway book mm. so this guy um sort of in shadow wearing a cross no shirt on. you know where that's taken that's on a subway Oh, it's on the subway. I it's on the it subway. It's, in a, it's okay. actually in a okay. in a subway car. I'm sorry. Oh, so there's a light going down. I thought it was on a platform. I'm sorry. No, I could, it's yeah, because you've got the, it behind the. Uh, yeah, but if you look the at the cover of the subway book, it's it's that cover shot, and he actually signed this one too. So it's a Bruce Davidson. So anyway, the other thing I've got, and this was this was from Instagram, I recall, is that I followed something called the print swap, mm. um, and the way I guess it worked is if you got chosen by the print swap, you could actually swap prints with another photographer. You paid a certain amount of money and your print would get sent to somebody randomly and then I would receive uh, a print from somebody else. I think I get to choose, I think I got to choose what print I wanted. Mm -hmm. So this was a print from, I don't know who this is, but it's it. I I think I might have another one someplace, but it's this nice one of a, Oh, that's nice. It's like a, a late fifties, sixties kind of. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Mar Marcella Marinelli is the photographer. Now I'm finding the name. There it is. Anyway, I, I might have one more. So I don't have a lot of collection prints. Um, I do have one. By from the, the way, it's a, it's a bed. The picture is of a bed. Oh, the picture is of a bed. The yeah, we're describing from, uh, from the bright light of a of, of a, a window. window. Yeah, I'll, going I'll, across I'll, the bed and onto the wall yeah. with a candle on a thing. It's a it's a nice environment thing, uh, and I do have some from uh, I think I have one or two prints from Gene Mealy, my friend. Um, we've we've exchanged prints. He's been on the show too, Gene. Has. He's been on the show. I gotta, we're gonna have him on the show again. We have to talk about subjects to have with him on, it. but because uh, he's he's always a willing participant. But that's it. I don't have much. I don't have much else, and I like. 
I really like the idea of collecting pictures, you know, and, and being able to to own them. Again, you know, wall space is is kind of you know <laughs> at a premium in an apartment, uh, and I would want to show them off nicely. These the Magnum prints I want to have framed nicely. I was waiting until I got four of them because I figured, okay, well if I got four now I can mm. I can and they're all the same size, they're all horizontal. I can all have them um, presented in a in a similar way. Like, mm -hmm. you know, with the same frames and stuff like that. Uh, but um, to go back to the to the show a bit, uh, it was uh, or even to talk about what these what these guys were talking about. They were going through their collections of pictures and describing what each picture meant to them and, and how they um, when they saw these pictures, these prints someplace that they somehow sung to them as best way to say it there was yeah some connection between what they saw and themselves and and they had to own that uh that print but uh these days we're not doing a lot of that you, you know the closest i think people people are maybe in generally coming to collecting pictures is to give hearts to pictures on instagram or save yeah save on instagram save on instagram sure and i did that i did that a lot uh again in the same way of collecting pictures that I do already by, you know, downloading them, but mm -hmm. I never really went back to them. <laughs> you know, I would not mm -hmm. often, I know you said you would do that. You'd go back. I do that. Back. I still do that. In fact, I, I did a little call yesterday. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I've probably got about 1200 images that I like to just scroll back through and ones that don't have the meaning that they used to, I just get rid of and sort of settled around that between a thousand and 1200. Really? Oh. Yeah. I know I, I I would look at them once in a while, but I would end up collecting on Instagram so many that it was it would get harder and harder to go through, you know, go back through them because mm -hmm. there were so many of them. But that's sort of the equivalent of, you know, in a sense of what I used to do by, by cutting out uh, pictures from uh, magazines and, and storing yeah. them, you know, uh, or something like that. When I started to do a little research for us talking today, I found a video on YouTube. We'll put this in the show notes too. Of um, Elton John is a photography mm. collector. I mean, I'm sure there's a zillion people out there that are photography collectors, but this one just popped up, and I happened to like Elton John music, and I was like, I didn't know this, and watched the video. And he was it was a, a tour of his apartment in in Atlanta, in Atlanta, and I think yeah. it was in preparation for a show at the Tate. So I guess he was mm. going to lend out his images to the museum in London to, to show this is his collection of stuff. And he had quite a collection mm. of work. Um, and I didn't know that he was, I mean, I don't know a lot about Elton John, but I didn't know that he was a avid photographer collector and a very, um, uh, knowing about the history of it as well. You know, mm -hmm. some people collect it and, and then understand what this is, what this history is about. So, um, now I found it fascinating too. I mean, that he 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 became a student of photography, um, you know, right away, and he has two Man Ray images over his bed, and like he's he's really uh, and he's got the Dorothea Lange migrant mother. He's got um, man, his walls are just amazing. He and has, someone like him, he would like, yeah, I I see that print, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> he doesn't have a, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. But uh, I never got the sense from at least at least 
what I was seeing in the video that he was collecting it as some sort of investment or something like that. I'm sure his, his photography is worth a lot of money, but it didn't ever grab me as that being the, you know, different than like if collecting works of art, or at least what I expect people when people are buying paintings and stuff like that, that there's some sort of intrinsic value mm -hmm. that is hope to increase over time. And yes, maybe the artwork does resonate with the, the, with the person who's buying it. But I always got the sense that with that kind of uh, like paintings and stuff like that, it was more about the investment and photography, maybe not as much. Yeah. But he, but the way he displays them I and mean, to cover a lot of the walls in that apartment, um, he talks in joyful terms about, you know, you know, where they are and, and, you know, getting to see them, they're there to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. That was what Bennett was and, talking and about. And there too. was this, this, um, well, joy is probably the only way I can put it. That he's glad that he has them and that these images are, and these photos as objects are appreciated. And can look and, at them every day. Like, you know, Bennett was also talking about the pictures that he, there was uh, the first image he was talking about was a picture of a, an aerial of, an ocean with a single wave sort of in the middle of it cresting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he described it as, um, you know, not when you look at it, you don't know if it's a piece of silk on a table or if it's a single wave in an ocean. And he was mentioning that he grew up in a area that was not close to water. And so he always wanted to see big bodies of water. And so he has mm -hmm. that print facing his bed so that when he wakes up in the morning, he sees this all the time and it has some effect of it. And I got that sense from Elton John too, that, you know, these pictures are there for, to be seen. They're objects, they're owned, they're collected. But like you said, he, they give him joy and, and you can look at a piece. I think he said something like, you can look at these pictures for hours or something like that. There's mm. something about being able to do that. And never got the sense of it was some sort of, like I'm sure with, Elton Johnny probably doesn't have to, you know, invest in photography, but it didn't, I never got that sense. And especially when I was walking through the show, I, you know, when you see that, yes, there are certain prints that were very expensive and, you know, would I buy an Ache because it was $15,000? No, because I would buy it because it's a beautiful image and maybe it has some context to it. You know, like mm -hmm. the Dorothy Lang picture was actually printed by her. Right. Right. So her hands touched that or something like that. And that increases the value in some way. And, uh, but just to know that this is, this was, this was made by this person or something like that, that the yeah. physical object has something. This is a lot different than collecting magazine pictures or, or Instagram right. things because those don't, ex you know, they don't really exist. They're not the real things. But, uh, you know, the Magnum prints we're talking about here or the, um, which actually I'm not sure, you know, where all these Magnum prints come from, if they're coming from an original negative or. Uh, or they're coming from a scan or whatever. Or scan. Yeah. I don't know about that, but uh, there's some, there's some aspect to the object that the photography is an object. And I, I think the reason why I went through the show with a big smile is because that I just recently got a printer, uh, a new printer, which I haven't set up yet. And I'm looking forward to like printing my pictures again. I really want to get them out into the mm -hmm. real world and, and again, this is the way I grew up is, is you grew up in the dark room, you're printing mm -hmm. things. And, and again, we spend more of our time looking at images on screens, even PDFs that are not 
men like you know there are different sizes and it's it's just a whole bunch of i don't know variety it's almost chaotic in a way right. and and some reason a, a print show like this or to see prints the chaos is gone like this is how the photographers meant the images to be seen at right. the size at the scale with this kind of whatever it is uh and so that attracts me like in a sense for collecting pictures i'm sure those attracted these uh partially attracts these uh, two guys who were talking about the the joy of collecting mm -hmm. as well the the actual object um itself oh i do have a, actually <laughs> i do have i do have some prints that are i don't know who they're from but i went to uh i went to a oh shoot uh antique shop in in connecticut and they had a box there and it said Buy, buy some ancestors. Oh, right. I remember you. There was a box of these, you know, old prints, right? And I just pulled out, like, they were a bucket piece, you know, and they're like old, um, what did they call those? They weren't postcards. What were they called? Vernacular print, pictures? No, no, no. When they actually printed the picture, the, the card was actually a print. Card to the visit the, or whatever? Made from the contact. It was not a contact print. There was a name for it. Um Card to visit the one that has the four lenses on it, like no, a, no, 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 well, the, no. Uh, printing process now is you know offset, right? There back then oh. they would actually make the print from the negative, and they would make multiple prints and and sell the postcards, right? There was a name for that, and I don't know what it is. Oh, this is I'm, not good. Yeah, because I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a name for it. Someone, someone's going to email us and say it's this, or I'll look it up when I'm done. I bought some of those, but I also at a at a flea market once bought a um, panoramic of uh, soldiers from World War One, Americans, um, and it's like it's like three feet long, and I I really want to hang it up again. Uh, I've been it's been sort of sitting around, and it took me a long time to figure out how they did it. Obviously, they sat them in a semicircle, and the camera mm. spun around so that there's this long panoramic, and everybody is sharp because they're at the same distance from this panoramic. Nice, and you could see all the detail and. In the people's faces. And anyway, that reminded me because that's what uh, uh, Hunt was talking about. He had a picture of, what was it, these um, plumbers or painters or something like that. Also yeah. in a group shot. And uh, he doesn't know what who took it. There was no name on it, but he collected it as well. So I have those kind of prints too. Um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. That was... Well, no, but it, it talks about a different motivation for why you would um, collect one image as something that's unique, um, you know, because you can see the detail in it. You're closer to the history. Um, yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah. The thing I, I, I miss doing is we don't exchange prints. People, photographers used to exchange prints. And it was, mm -hmm. as I was listening to the Avedon um, biography, they're talking about the uh, photographers exchanging portfolios, giving each, you know, uh, Dion Arbus giving um, Richard Avedon a portfolio of 10 prints, adding an extra one because... He so, wanted to give one to, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, and, and then hearing about, oh, you know, so, so actually to go back to the, to the <laughs> Avedon book, they were talking about those guys at the time when photography was not really considered an art. And so there weren't very many galleries in... In fact, there was maybe only a handful of galleries in New York City that were showing photography or photography exclusively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
photographers are selling their prints for like 10, 15, 20 bucks, like yeah. next to nothing. You know, maybe back then in the 70s, you know, it was something, but nothing like at the show that I was seeing, you know, at no. APAD. And, you know, thinking about, oh, go back in time, you could buy a Gary Winogrand print for like 25 bucks. You know, mm -hmm. how much did he get? How much did the gallery get? And that was a print made by him or, you know, under his supervision at least or something like that. And, and how far we've come to, you know, I'm looking at photography. Maybe we haven't come far enough. I mean, there are pictures that are of great value what's his names uh what's the guy's name shot the 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 picture of the um that sold for a zillion dollars a shot of a the uh, rhine a canal or the rhine yeah the rhine yeah. yeah so would you remember the photographer and then there was a, and i don't know how much it sold for but it was in the millions of dollars yeah i used two million i think 2.1 million yeah i, mean, that I can't remember the that doesn't happen that often obviously there's not that many physical prints that uh, uh photography prints that sell for that much but you know you see that all the time with with uh, other kinds of artwork with paintings or historical yeah. stuff that goes for a lot more money but you know photography had to had to really struggle to become something that is now collectible you know right and andre andreas gursky yes right uh, who was part of the uh wasn't part of the dusseldorf school that uh um the the uh, the uh, Beshers were teaching. They they were. That's right. He was he was yeah. a student of the Beshers. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I knew there was some connection there. I, I I'm getting better at my uh, making these connections here. I know yeah. you're really good at this, but I'm I'm getting better at it. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what photographers used to do, and I don't know if we do it this much anymore. I mean, I have this thing from Instagram, the print swap, where we actually swap prints between photography like actual prints not like you know if i mm -hmm. sent you a picture an email well big freaking deal it doesn't mean anything it's like oh here's what i shot but if i send you a print that yeah. now becomes some object which i i can own i can do something with i can i can frame or keep it in the plastic wrap that you sent it to me in or something like that yeah. and, and it's a lot different it's a lot different experience and so i was like i said i was walking through with a smile on my face because it was reminding me that that is still something that people do sig harvey had a booth there by the way oh cool yeah and uh she wasn't there she was like um that was the first question i was gonna ask she wasn't at least not she wasn't there when i was you know when i walked by so she might have been there the day before or maybe she's gonna be there the day after uh but she had representatives there but her, she had her own stuff there and and uh, she was uh, um, talking or in their booth they had a book of hers which i was thinking about buying but i didn't i didn't buy um, but yeah, to have that ability to be able to actually share physical things between other photographers. And so that's, I'm excited about like maybe the idea of like, you know, I actually want to send, uh, Shane, he sent us a couple of his limited edition mm -hmm. prints, uh, after he was on the show with a uh, Shane Balkowitz from his, um, his, uh, wet plate collodion images. I have a couple of those and they're. I guess that's the only way to actually reproduce them, right? Because you have to yeah. make a reproduction of the glass plate. So it's essentially a print, right? So yeah. it's a limited edition print. Oh, I actually have one of his. Yes, I bought one of his. How, do, how did I even forget this? <laughs> he you did see a, it when you walk in your door every day. That's right. I. It's, it's because it arrived it's when I was visiting you. Yeah, I know. There it is. Yeah. He, he recreated the, uh, the winged victory of Samothrace. Uh, with a model in a studio. And, and when I saw that, he put it up 
on Facebook that he was going to have limited edition prints of this. I was like, like I must've timed it when he just put it up. Cause like I said, I want, I, mm. I, for, I looked at that and this is the whole thing about collecting. It wasn't about me thinking, uh, Shane's going to be a popular photographer and blah, blah, blah. And just, I, like I saw that picture and it just, I resonated with it. I don't know what, it was, it's an un, un, unspeakable, undefinable thing in me. Yeah. The picture, the angle, the color, the, the, it was, you know, it's a black and white or uh, toned, um, the, the blacks are really rich. And I like that winged victory of Samothrace at the, at the, mm -hmm. um, at the Louvre and, or even that, that, that figure, that a figure of a, a winged angel figure or female figure. I, I just, I don't know. I, yeah. So he saw it. I'm like, I don't care. I want it. And he gave me, he, he sold it to me and I've got it hanging up right. At, I took down one of my prints, which actually I got to take down. I got all my prints on the wall. I got to take some of them down. I'm getting tired of them. <laughs> but I took down one of my prints and I put it up. So it's the first things you see when you walk in. And now it's funny because I don't see it anymore. It's uh -huh. not because I don't want to see it, but it's like, it's there. I know it's there. I can look at it when I want, but it's now become part of my, uh, you well, know, it's the, uh, my background. You know, it's the guardian energy of your foyer. <laughs> That's, it is at that, you know? Yeah. But yes, I can't believe I forgot that I had that. That's the first, see, I, <laughs> it's the first thing I ever, when you walk in my house. Um, but yeah, it has, again, it has nothing to do with, I mean, we talk about collecting, we collect these things and, you know, yeah, sure. Fine. I can't imagine that it would ever sell these things. I mean, it's not something, no. you know, it wouldn't, what, what purpose would it serve? Um, but anyway, and we talk about this in other episodes about collecting books, but I think we've run out, we run our, yeah. we run our course and stuff like that. So any final things about collecting that you want to throw in there? Um, I, I would recommend it. I, I would recommend taking up a collection, whether it's cutting things out of magazines or saving on Instagram. Uh, I use sometimes uh, them as, uh, I use images I, I collect electronically as inspirations for work going forward. Um, like there's, it, it's, it's a different way, a different experience of photography that builds something up in you, whether it's the avarice or whatever you call it, of actually owning a thing and possessing a thing, there's that aspect. And also that it's, uh, it's fun. It's a thing you have conversations with, whether you're plugged into history, like our Magnum images, or, uh, I, I went to, um, uh, there was a young guy that was trying to raise enough money to, leave Calgary to move to Toronto to further his photographic career. And he put up his current work. I paid too much for a print, but it was, uh, <laughs> but it was a fundraiser for him. And mm -hmm. I liked the picture he took because it was a place I walked by every day in downtown. And I still have that image and it's great, you know, and to different, we have different motivations for different images. And I think yeah. uh, if you don't shoot, if you don't find yourself talented in photography or whatever, um, it's a way for you, and, and it goes back to what they were saying about how how collecting the, the the collection that you have represents something either conscious or unconscious about you. And we like to say that about photographers: the images that we create represent something conscious or unconscious about the about us as photographers. And so it's kind of like the back half of the same coin. Mm, yeah. Okay, that was a long and rambling final <laughs> that thought. Was okay. It was I, several, it was half a dozen random thoughts. Yeah. And and I and and we should talk about this maybe on another show. I'll put this out there. But from the flip side of it, as having 
sold prints to other people and mm. knowing that someone is feeling the same thing about my image that mm. I feel about somebody else's image to, to, to live with that and reflect on that a little bit. I, I you know, I don't make a ton of money selling prints. It's not something that I do. And it's actually kind of a hard thing to do in general, sell prints, mm -hmm. but to know that someone is going to spend their, hopefully not just leave it wrapped up in plastic <laughs> around, yeah. but that they wanted to take their money and, and, and give it to me because they saw something that, that resonated with them. So yeah. we'll, 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 bookmark that as, as something for the future, uh, and stuff like that. And yeah, I got a couple stories to tell about that. Yeah. Oh, People good. Who, well, who own my fine prints. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that might be a good one to have with Gene. Gene's a good, uh, talking about prints and stuff like that. So cool. We'll do that. All right, cool. Well, we managed to talk for a very long time, but it's great because it feels like we haven't talked at all. <laughs> I know. I'll put, I'll put the uh, video and, and the pictures that we talked about, at least from our collections in the show notes so people can at least see what we're, what we're ranting about here in terms of the prints, all those pictures are historic so we can find them online. So I'll put them there. And then the uh, link to the uh, Elton John video. That's kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll link uh, um, William Hunt's website. Actually, is a good website because uh, he has, he writes essays about photography and stuff like that. So it's actually a very good, and the APAD site too, there's some really good um, uh, essays and galleries on there. So uh, take cool. a look at those when, when you get a chance. So anyway, uh, Ward, wrap us up with where your life can be found on the interwebs. You can find me at uh, Ward Rosin Fine Art on Instagram. I haven't posted very much there. Uh, once things start to dry up a little more and we get a little bit more, things are a little bit more green, I'll be going out and shooting again, I'm sure. So I'm Ward Rosin Fine Art on Instagram. I'm uh, Ward Rosin Photography on Facebook. And I am uh, W Rosin Photo on both Twitter and Vero. And I have a small business called Ornus Photo or nis.photo, which is my little business selling. Um, um, I can never say what it is I'm selling. I'm a terrible salesman. <laughs> lenses. Lens adapters. From, lenses lens and adapters. lens adapters yeah. for uh, Fuji X and Sony E mount cameras. And they are. And they are unofficial sponsors. Sponsor. You, you have to prompt me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we have to make a commercial for that too. So. And what about you, Antonio? Where where, where am I found? Can we find you. And I'm found on uh, Vero at AM Rosario on Twitter, uh, which is AM Rosario. I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. Mastodon. I haven't put up my Mastodon address yet because um, I'm still trying to figure that out. And Flickr, AM Rosario. My website is amrosario.com, and soon I'll be putting up the. Uh, uh, class site here I'm, I'm almost done with that so i want to have that share here too and I, I i was you've been you've sold prints too from instagram right yeah uh, that's yeah. what uh actually that's all the only place i've sold yeah my so have i too so uh so if there's a, anybody wants to support the show go look at our instagram accounts and and maybe you want to buy a print from us i'll be happy to uh to mail them out to you when yeah. um yeah, good ideas. All right. Well, Ward, thank you so much for spending the time with me tonight. My pleasure is great. Usual. Great talk. I like talking about this, and we can have a future conversation about collecting and share prints. Share prints with each other. I'm sure. I got some. I, I got some lying around. All right. I'll just <laughs> no, I take yours and put them in the plastic bag on the shelf. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> That's right. If you break it, I'll make another one for you. All right, all right. All right. Well, have a good night and good night to everybody. You too. Good night. Bye.